Pilgrimage, Volume One, Pointed Roofs by Dorothy Richardson. Chapter Eight, Sections One through Four. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Eight, Section One. Walking along a narrow, muddy causeway by a little river overhung with willows, girls ahead of her in single file and girls in single file behind miriam drearily recognized that it was june the month of roses she thought and looked out across the flat green fields it was not easy to walk along the slippery pathway on one side was the little grey river on the other long wet grass repelling and depressing not far ahead was the roadway which led she supposed to the farm where they were to drink new milk she would have to walk with someone when they came back to the road and talk she wondered whether this early morning walk would come now every day her heart sank at the thought it had been too hot during the last few days for any going out at midday and she had hoped that the strolling in the garden sitting about under the chestnut tree and in the little wooden garden roof off the zoll had taken the place of walks for the summer she had got up reluctantly at the surprise of the very early gonging mademoiselle had guessed it would be a milk walk pausing in the bright light of the top landing as mademoiselle ran downstairs she had seen through the landing window the deep peak of a distant gable casting an unfamiliar shadow a shadow sloping the wrong way a morning shadow she remembered the first time the only time she had noticed such a shadow getting up very early one morning while harriet and all the household were still asleep and how she had stopped dressing and gazed at it as it stood there cool and quiet and alone across the mellow face of a neighbouring stone porch had suddenly been glad that she was alone and had wondered why that shadowed porch peak was more beautiful than all the summer things she knew and felt at that moment that nothing could touch or trouble her again she could not find anything of that feeling in the early day outside hanover she was hemmed in and the fields were so sad she could not bear to look at them the sun had disappeared since they came out the sky was grey and low and it seemed warmer already than it had been in the midday sun during the last few days one of the girls on ahead hummed the refrain of a student song in der ecke steht er seinen schnurrbart dreht er siehst du wohl da steht er schon der versoffne schwiegersohn miriam felt very near to the end of endurance elsa speier who was just behind her became her inevitable companion when they reached the roadway a farmhouse appeared about a quarter of a mile away miriam's sense of her duties closed in on her trying not to see elsa's elaborate clothes and the profile in which she could find no meaning no hope no rest she spoke to her do you like milk elsa she said cheerfully elsa began swinging her lace-covered parasol if i like milk she repeated presently and flashed mocking eyes in miriam's direction despair touched miriam's heart some people don't she said elsa hummed and swung her parasol why should i like milk she stated the muddy farmyard lying back from the roadway and below it was steamy and choking with odours miriam who had imagined a cool dairy and cold milk frothing in pans felt a loathing as warmth came to her fingers from the glass she held most of the girls were busily sipping she raised her glass once towards her lips snuffed a warm reek 
and turned away towards the edge of the group to pour out the contents of her glass unseen upon the filth-sodden earth section two passing languidly up through the house after breakfast unable to decide to spend her saturday morning as usual at a piano in one of the bedrooms miriam went wondering in response to a quiet call from fräulein pfaff into the large room shared by the bergmans and ulrica hesse explaining that clara was now to take possession of the half of elsa schmeyer's room that had been left empty by minna poor minna now with her good parents seeking health in the swiss mountains school days at an end at an end at an end she repeated mournfully fräulein explained that clara's third of the large room would now be miriam's miriam stood incredulous at her side as she indicated a large empty chest of drawers a white covered bed in a deep corner away from the window a small drawer in the dressing-table and five pegs in a large french wardrobe emma was going very gravely about the room collecting her work-basket and things for raccommodage she flung one ecstatic glance at miriam as she went away with these i shall hold you responsible here amongst these dear children miss henderson fluted fräulein quietly gathering up a few last things of minna's collected on the bed our dear ulrica and our little emma she smiled passing out leaving miriam standing in the wonderful room my goodness she breathed gathering gently clenched fists close to her person she stood for a few moments she felt like a visitor embroidered toilet covers polished furniture gold and cream crockery lace curtains white beds the large screen cutting off her third of the room then she rushed headlong upstairs a member of the downstairs landing to collect her belongings on the landing just outside the door of the garret bedroom stood a huge wicker travelling basket a clumsy umbrella with a large knobby handle like a man's umbrella lay on the top of it partly covering a large pair of galoshes she was tired and very warm by the time everything was arranged in her new quarters taking a last look round she caught the eye of eve's photograph gazing steadily at her from the chest of drawers it would be quite easy now that this had happened to write and tell them that the pomerania plan had come to nothing evidently fräulein approved of her after all section three in the schoolroom she found the raccommodage party gathered round the table at its head sat mademoiselle her arms flung out upon the table and her face buried against them cheer up mademoiselle said jimmy as miriam took an empty chair between gertrude and the martins timidly meeting gertrude's eye miriam received her half smile watching her eyebrows flicker faintly up and the little despairing shrug she gave as she went on with her mending ah mamazelchen c'est pas mal ne soyez triste mein gott mamazelchen es ist aber nichts cried emma consolingly from her place near the window oh je ne vous pas je ne vous pas sobbed mademoiselle no one spoke mademoiselle lay snuffling and shuddering solomon's scissors fell on to the floor mais pourquoi pas mademoiselle she interrogated as she recovered them pourquoi pourquoi choked mademoiselle her suffused little face came up for a moment towards solomon she met miriam's gaze as if she did not see her vous me demandez pourquoi je ne veux pas partager ma chambre avec une femme mariée her head sank again her little grey form jerked sharply as she sobbed 
probably a widder mademoiselle ventured bertha martin un veuve veuve bertha came milly's correcting voice and miriam's interest changed to excited thoughts of fräulein not hating her and choosing mademoiselle to sleep with the servant a new servant the things on the landing mademoiselle refusing to share a room with a married woman she felt about round this idea as milly's prim clear voice went on her eyes clutched at mademoiselle begging to understand she gazed at the little down-flung head fine little tendrils frilling along the edge of her hair her little hard grey shape all miserable and ashamed it was dreadful miriam felt she could not bear it she turned away it was a strange new thought that any one should object to being with a married woman would she object or harriet not unless it were suggested to them was there some special refinement in this french girl that none of them understood why should it be refined to object to share a room with a married woman a cold shadow closed in on miriam's mind i don't care said milly almost quickly with a crimson face it's a special occasion i think mademoiselle ought to complain if i were in her place i should write home it's not right fräulein has no right to make her sleep with a servant why can't the servant sleep in one of the back attics asked solomon not furnished my sweetheart said gertrude and you know kinder you're all running on very fast about servants the good frau is our housekeeper will she have meals with us gewiss jimmy meals mon dieu vous êtes terrible tout came mademoiselle's voice it seemed to bite into the table oh c'est grossière she gathered herself up and escaped into the little schoolroom armé armé momselle wailed ulrica gently gazing out of the window someone should go go you henchen urged emma don't for goodness sake hendy begged jimmy not you she's wild about you going downstairs she whispered miriam struggled with her gratification oh go someone go you clara better leave her alone ruled gertrude we miss old minna don't we concluded bertha section four the heat grew intense the air was more and more oppressive as the day went on clara fainted suddenly just after dinner and fräulein holding a little discourse on clothing and an inquiry into wardrobes gave a general permission for the reduction of garments to the minimum and sent every one to rest uncorseted until tea-time promising a walk to the woods in the cool of the evening there was a sense of adventure in the house it was as if it were being besieged it gave miriam confidence to approach fräulein for permission to rearrange her trunk in the basement she let fräulein understand that her removal was not complete that there were things to do before she could be properly settled in her new room certainly miss henderson you are quite free said fräulein instantly as the girls trooped upstairs miriam knew she wanted to avoid an afternoon shut up with emma and ulrica and she did not in the least want to lie down it seemed to her a very extraordinary thing to do it surprised and disturbed her it suggested illness and weakness she could not remember having lain down in the daytime there had been that fortnight in the old room at home with harriet chicken-pox and new books coming and games and sarah reading the song of hiawatha and their being allowed to choose their pudding she could not remember feeling ill had she ever felt ill colds and bilious attacks she remembered with triumph a group of days of pain two years ago she had forgotten 
bewilderment and pain her mother's constant presence everything the light everywhere the leaves standing out along the tops of hedgerows as she drove with her mother telling her of pain and she alone in the midst of it for always pride long moments of deep pride eve and sarah congratulating her eve stupid and laughing the new bearing of the servants lily belton's horrible talks fading away to nothing fräulein had left her and gone to her room every door and window on the ground floor stood wide excepting that leading to fräulein's little double rooms she wondered what the rooms were like and felt sorry for fräulein tall and gaunt moving about in them alone alone with her own dark eyes curtains hanging motionless at the windows was it really bad to tight lace the english girls except millie and solomon all had small waists she wished she knew she placed her large hands round her waist drawing in her breath she could almost make them meet it was easier to play tennis with stays how dusty the garden looked baked she wanted to go out with two heavy watering cans to feel them pulling her arms from their sockets dragging her shoulders down throwing out her chest to spray canful after canful through a great wide rose sprinkling her ankles sometimes and to grow so warm that she would not feel the heat bella linden had never worn stays playing rounders so splendidly lying on the grass between the games with her arms under her head simply disgusting someone had said who a disgusted face nearly all the girls detested bella going through the hall on her way down to the basement she heard the english voices sounding quietly out into the afternoon from the rooms above flat and tranquil they sounded bertha and jimmy she heard gertrude's undertones quiet words from milly she felt she would like a corner in the english room for the afternoon a book and an occasional remark mr barnes of new york she would not be able to read her three yellow books in the german bedroom she felt at the moment glad to be robbed of them it would be much better of course there was no sound from the german rooms she pictured sleeping faces it was cooler in the basement but even there the air seemed stiff and dusty with the heat why did the hanging garments remind her of all saints church and mr brow she must tell harriet that in her letter that day they suddenly decided to help in the church decorations she remembered the smell of the soot on the holly as they had cut and hacked at it in the cold garden and harriet overturning the heavy wheelbarrow on the way to church and how they had not laughed because they both felt solemn and then there had just been the three anwill girls and mrs anwill and mrs scar and mr brow in the church room all being silly about bertie anwill roasting chestnuts and how silly and affected they were when a piece of holly stuck in her skirt End of chapter 8, section 4, recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.